Anyways, hello! Welcome back, everyone. I'm Alex. I'm Ian. And you are listening to the Win Lose Watch List podcast, the show where we have curated a list of the top 250 movies, bottom 250 movies, and anything in between to choose a movie at random, leaving our own sanity to fate. Ian! Yeah? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right, buddy. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm having a good day. Uh, Everything been doing I, uh, well for you? Yeah, you know, still in the quarantine, still uh, scrubbing my hands till they're raw. Like, I, I literally got off work today because I'm still working currently. And uh, I, my, I looked at my hands and they were like... They were like sand castles. <laughs> it was <laughs> your wrist deep in soap. They're it's like uh, around my like hand is like dark red and it kind of hurts. I'm like, man, I don't know. What to, I need some lotion. Yeah, luckily, I mean, I've been able, I've been able to have the pleasure of working from home, so I don't feel so you the don't, need to I, wash I my never hands wash as much. My hands. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I don't feel the need to wash my hands as much, but I'm still watching them, washing them exponentially more than I have in the past. Huh. Yeah. See, so, yeah, you've been watching anything fun during this quarantine? Still, I I feel like we've just been media slugs for the past like. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of media slugs. Still, just uh, I, I I've been working the past couple of days, but just still, same okay. stuff. Westworld. There's a new Amazon show that I haven't watched, but I'm interested Ooh. in. Can I can and I say my, can re- I say the hot take of that Amazon Prime is probably the best streaming service out there. Yeah, I think so too. I would uh, say Amazon I'm, Prime and the Criterion and Channel. Who, but that's like miles and away I, above everything. I think else. Hulu is decent too. Hulu has a lot of stuff, uh, like TV wise. Yeah. If you're just like looking for television, Amazon I think Amazon Prime's probably. the best for both movies and television. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know, I, I, but there's an Amazon original called Tales from the Loop. Oh, and it seems very like mis- mystery. Like, is it like uh, the Tales from the Crypt it, kind of idea? It's like my mind bending stuff i don't know if it's an anthology it says here's a description i haven't read i haven't watched this but it says uh inspired by the wondrous paintings of simon stalhas the stalin hag you got this pronounced it definitely <laughs> it has a little dot above the o above the a um the, the umlaut. tales from the loop isn't umlaut two dots nah. though yeah. Tales from the Loop explores the mind-bending adventures of the people who live above the loop, a machine built to unlock and explore the mysteries of the universe, making things previously re- relegated to science fiction possible. Hmm. That sounds very down your alley. It sounds like a real it sounds like a like a kind of like drama less like comedy and like surreal version of Welcome to Night Vale but in a TV hmm. show form. <laughs> So I'm down. I'm down for it. You haven't watched many TV shows as of recently. Uh, I've I've watched two movies this past week. I watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire again because it's incredible, because it's now on Hulu. And I watched 20th Century Women. So I've been on a bit of a feminist kick, I guess. But That's both nice were very not. good. I mean, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's it's solidified itself as one of my top three movies of 2019. And I I enjoyed 20th or 20th Century Women. And I played. Yeah. Stop making sense again while I was working and like threw Seven Samurai on the background one day while working just to like kind of look up and be like, oh yeah, I like that scene. But that's pretty much it. Yeah. I discovered a little video game. Uh, it's called Animal know, Crossing. Nice, <laughs> kind words, I think. Uh, it's like a little, it's, it's kind of, yeah, Animal Crossing too. I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's called Kind Words, Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Write to. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, uh, there's some lo-fi chill beats to write to playing in the background and you just like, it's all uh, from other players. They send, they like send, put out letters and it's kind of, it's anonymous. Um, just like talking about what's giving them a lot of stress and anxiety or like maybe reaching out about like a difficult situation. Oh, and this is a video game? You can respond. Yeah. I mean, it, it, video game is a loose term for it, but it's on Steam and you just like it's, it's more it's like so the VR wholesome. simulator kind of deal where like you would choose a character and run into chat rooms or something but it's more you, like a but community you don't even, game rather than you don't even do that yeah it's just a community though like yeah. it's but it's, it's very wholesome like it's like people you would think that people would use it as an opportunity to like bully people and stuff but I've seen that it's like it's 
a lot of people just like doing their best like not everyone can give advice on situations but mm-hmm. it's a lot the big part of it is like just solidarity and like listening to people's like issues and talking and just say you could just if you don't have anything to say just you get like i understand like you and uh i have like sympathy for the situation you know just yeah. making people feel seen i think it's really cool it's like it's got really good reviews too it's yeah i think if you if you start something like that as long as you start the community in a really wholesome way and really kind of give negative incentives towards being terrible yeah, i think I it's think, a, like you think can, it's a good way to build a good community yeah people who do the the rare people that actually are like mean you just get flagged and then you can't post anymore yeah it, uh, it, it requires very uh cognizant moderation but yeah if, if you do like have that then it turns community. out very well right. so ian yes you and i just watched the movie take shelter we did uh i had neither of us had seen it yeah we had not heard, really knew anything about it it was on both of our watch lists on letterboxd it was on I don't remember putting it on my watch list, but <laughs> sure. Uh, I think probably it was probably like under a letterbox list of like movies that will like like make things that will melt your mind. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't I don't know if it's that, but it's it's. I really really enjoyed it. <laughs> so so yeah, I guess from the hip reactions, like, what did you enjoy? Take shelter. Yes, I I I loved it. I thought, loved I thought it. it was great. It blew me away. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was not the biggest fan of it. Uh, really? At first. And I've sat on it a little bit and I've enjoyed it a little bit more in sitting. I, it's probably something that I'll need to revisit at another point, but I don't know how like ready I am to go revisit to see if how I've sat on it has made me enjoy it. Yeah. So I think it'll be fun. I, I think this will be good. This is, might be the first movie of the show that we've had very differing opinions on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So yeah, I guess to kind of just give a general overview, we're not really going to break this movie down scene by scene because it would be very difficult to. So I would actually, I would recommend watching it, me being the most negative person on the movie, to listen to the discussion later. I know that sounds like just like, hey, listen to more of our show by watching this movie, but I think it will be worth to watch and then listen because... And the, I don't know why I felt so divisive on it, but I do recommend it. I think, but and uh, not, uh, my thoughts on it, I think I, I absolutely recommend it too. Uh, I think partially for me, I, I never really like. I, I actually work with a lot of people in that, uh, like, with mental illness, uh, mm-hmm. like closely with them, and I just I really. Like, that whole side of this movie really uh, affected me. Like, I feel like it's one of the most accurate depictions of mental illness I've seen. And just the depth of a character. Like, it, it, It's the, a character like, piece the char- the, And the character feels very real. I, I feel like I know a lot of people like this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I agree. So I guess to say, to give it just a quick overview of what this movie is... Um, you have Michael Shannon starring as this lead character, and he's a driller, oil kind of guy who works on some field in Ohio. And his family has a history of mental illness, and he starts having these vision slash hallucinations, and it's really just freaking him out. And it, you just take this journey with Michael Shannon's character as to whether he figures out he should get tested for some form of mental illness and whether the val- the validity of these hallucinations are what he thinks they are. And I think that's going to be the best way to do it. And it really, well, hold on. The The idea of this really manifests itself in, a, in him starting to build this storm shelter in his backyard, which is where you get the name Take Shelter from. And that's sort of right. the entire premise of the movie without giving too much away or getting too much into it. I don't think it's like really a spoil-heavy movie because the experience is so visceral but i think to talk about it anymore does give away a lot of the experience of the film that is best enjoyed while you watch it yeah and i i agree i think it's definitely a movie you have to watch and having it described to you is difficult which makes it hard to recommend to people i don't really know what to say and or for why it's so good 
Yeah, I don't know who why, I could recommend why I this to. I enjoyed it or like how to give a brief like how to sell someone on it, but uh I absolutely recommend watching it. Uh especially if you have uh, some extra free time on your hands in the current situation. And yeah, something crazy that so this movie was on Crackle for free when we finished our last episode and in that time it had since been taken off and had gotten a 404 error. And I remember like when I, and I can't reference this cause I can't pull it up, but this, the description was like, why you should watch this movie. It's like, you get to see Michael Shannon at his pure craziest, crazier than you've ever seen him before. <laughs> and it's like, that is not the movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> that is the opposite of the movie, but sure. Crackle. I know you need to market yeah. your, free movie you have on your horrible streaming service the best that you can <laughs> i mean i would i probably if if my options were watching it on crackle or watch it on a, or rent it on amazon prime i probably would have rented it anyway <laughs> yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm glad i at least rented it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just I, I just rented it for a couple bucks on amazon prime and, yeah uh, it's it's and it's also a movie like i went I, I was like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to w- watch the entire thing. Like, I was really tired and I needed to go to bed. But uh, it kept me really engaged the entire time. Like, really? it, it'll, it, it hooked me pretty quickly, honestly. Huh. I, I think it's worth for me saying that I think it could have easily been about 15 minutes shorter, if not 30 minutes. I think this may have worked better for I me think, as an hour and a half movie. Um, yeah, I, I think it could have been shorter. I would have liked it to be shorter. But I'm just saying, yeah. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying anything about the length or the rest of like late into the movie, how I felt. I'm just saying at the beginning, it grabbed me. It grabs you from the beginning. Yeah. I yeah will say that. That's, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I guess more or less at this point, just kind of saying things to kind of look out for. I'm, I'm typically very cognizant of the length of a film. Like I kind of, st- when it starts getting into it, it's like, okay, what's your reasoning for being as long as it is like when we watched the pianist that was two and a half hours long it did not feel its length because it really utilized every minute of its time well i think while this is an incredibly visceral film and it's harder to talk about whereas like the pianist is a little bit more narrative uh this movie i think it could have shortened down some time and you could have i i guess maybe i struggled to connect with it as emotionally as you did and maybe a shorter runtime helps with that i'm not quite sure what the answer is for that yeah, I get that. Uh, yeah, I, th- I do think I, I, I maybe it's. I'm sure it's not for everyone. Uh, I think there were a lot of subtle things that made it personally a bit higher for me. But I also don't think that my opinion will be. Uh, it's not like it's super biased by for through my experience. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean it's got like ninety two on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that bring up reviews it's a, it's a very it's a I'm, pretty well received movie i'm relatively contrarian to it currently after i was reading stuff afterwards but uh there's i it's definitely worth watching even if you don't like it like i think it's worth watching things that you may not enjoy just to realize you got to take risks watching things you know yeah and watching little films like these on a small budget i think it was a million dollar budget which is like pennies in the industry yeah uh, and there's some like I mean t- for the budget the special effects are like yeah. it looks it looks good it's a good and, looking movie and I think if I had known the budget going in as well I may have expected a little bit more because like when you go into a lower budget movie and you have that expectation of like okay there's gonna be some like workarounds you know yeah like it's a high concept low budget movie which you often have a lot of technical workarounds with yeah and I think if I had known a little bit more of that maybe I would have enjoyed it more. But I sometimes like you're not able to have that and you have to be able to watch a film for what it is. But I think with that, do you have anything else to say before we hop into spoilers? Um, no, just that I think it's uh, just I recommend watching. I think it, yep. most of what I have to say, we kind of have to start getting into some more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. I there's there's things I enjoyed. Go watch it. Come tune back in. We're giving you this long, elated time to stop the show, go take two hours to watch the movie, and come back to the show. So uh, we'll see you in a bit. See you very shortly, at least in two hours. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So welcome to the spoiler part of the show. Uh, So yeah, a lot of my problems that I had with this film had to do with the way that it ended. Uh, And that's the thing that I do get. I did like the very end, the very end. 
I didn't nec- I felt weird about at first, but uh, like for like a minute, and then I was like, okay, I I, I like it, it's not necessary for me. Like the last scene could have definitely been left out. And yeah. I would have, uh, but I don't think I would have liked it that much more. Like about the same. Like yeah, I can just, see. That. I could I could have done without it. It's like, but. I guess, uh, so, I, I, to more clarify what we're talking about, if you're yeah. still listening and you haven't watched the movie, first off, shame on you, but second off, uh, we're going to get into it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, at least. Thanks for supporting us. <laughs> um, the end, he, well, throughout the movie, Michael Shannon's been having all of these sort of terrors slash premonitions about these this coming storm, right? And he's sort of been averse to the fact that he could have mental illness. He's like, I, like it's he never explicitly says it, but you just see that he doesn't want to admit to himself that he could be diagnosed with some form of mental illness. And yeah, he starts having these visions and eventually his family is just entirely wrapped in the fact that he thinks there's a coming storm. And the way that the film ends is it's a bit ambiguous, but it's the way that it's framed. I think, I believe it's led to tell you that the storm was real. Michael Shannon's character, Curtis was correct. And there's a legitimate storm coming. I disagree. Really? You disagree? I, even watching it the first time, didn't, like, what, like, it may, at first, I was like, all right, wait, what's going on? Was it real? But then, I, like, literally when the credits rolled, I was like, uh, well, actually, more when she, uh, I, I think it was more the the ending bit. I see it, I'm, I'm looking at it at less of a literal, in less of a literal way. Yeah. I think it's more metaphorical. Well, I, I guess I'm just in, looking. I think it's also intended to be. I don't think he, I think the important thing in that scene mm-hmm. is that she sees his mental illness uh, and like recognizes it. And it's a very touching way. It's, see, it's sure. seeing it clearly for the first time. And rather than trying to push. Like, like, and like he's been thinking. It's that she like empathizing. Yeah, like seeing from his point of view, like that, like I'm not going to change your world. You're going to keep seeing this. Like, yeah, or I'm, at I'm, least I'm going to buy into this to help. Or at least just things. looking at it with him, and that to work with it with. Okay, him. like, but but that kind of warms me up also, to it a little bit because I because the way that I look at it is that like I see the way that the text has sort of been presented to us, right? Where yeah. throughout the movie, you have sort of her being his rock throughout it all, right? She is always the one that's being like, no, like this, you need to just like get a grip on this. Let's get it together. Or like one time he's viewing this one, he's like, why can't she see this? Or then when she finally does, she kind of starts shaking her head. No, it's like, this is not real. We need to get past this. And then at the end, when you see her shake her head, yes. The way that I see that, because she has been this like voice of reality throughout the entire movie. That when you see her finally shake her head, yes, that like the storm is there that I take that as, well, it's actually real. But then now that you're kind of the way that you're showing it, the way that it's through his perspective, she's agreeing with it to help him be at peace. Yeah. I see it more of her like meeting him on, from his point, like meeting him Mm -hmm. halfway almost then becoming more of like a, it's, it's because they're married. Like, but the reason I say I could have kept it or left it is because I feel like them coming out of the shelter, like him unlocking the door to the shelter yeah. and them embracing there also had that effect. I think that's the end. But, I, I think that's, I think that has a much more touching effect on me. But yes, I agree. Uh, I, I, I would have, I would have been happy if that was the last shot. That would have yeah. been fine. Um, but I do see it as, I also see it as kind of in a way, an expansion on that uh, to where yeah. she was kind of like, trying to make him overcome his like fear and it's almost more of a denial of his mental illness where it's like or like maybe not a denial but like you overpower this thing and then this feels more like meeting in the middle i can see that i guess Uh, maybe like she's also seeing it from his point of view she's empathy it's i felt it felt very metaphorical in the way that the movie mother is metaphorical yeah it's very on the nose metaphor (laughs) yeah but but i mean it's like the scene itself like isn't meant to be taken literally no and i agree with that and i guess maybe what i also dislike is that i think having that last scene i think it drives the discussion in a different way than it needs to be yeah because i I think you can have people that take it like me where it's like well, if you validate this whole storm coming, you sort of lose the entire narrative of 
watching this man having to cope with the fact that he could have some form of mental illness. And then by having that ending, you drive the discussion in a way that's completely opposite to what the rest of the movie is. Exactly. Because the the fact of the matter is, I've seen, like, after the movie was over, I was, like, looking at, like, the letterbox reviews and stuff, uh, just curious on other people's thoughts. And I do see that a lot of people also saw it that way. Yeah, there's... I was kind of going through... I think that... People probably left the theater of this uh, having the wrong discussion. Yeah, I can say, and I definitely would have. But also, as I sat on it more, like I started to, like that was my initial thought when I finished the movie. And as I've sat on it more, I've sort of grown warmer to it. Where, like, you're really, like, you're with him throughout the entire movie, you know? Mm-hmm. That this these premonitions that he's having, they aren't really premonitions, but the movie shows them to be because you were with him and his entire narrative throughout the movie. If it was through the wife's perspective, say, I forget what her name is, but then you have an entirely different movie, but because this is through Curtis's perspective, it can be, you'll have a much more literal representation of a storm because it's what he believes this to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I see that too. Uh, Yeah. It's definitely because it's from his perspective the entire time you're forced to like be like oh, okay so he's like especially like at the ending you're like okay it was mental illness and stuff and this i feel like the ending scene kind of shows like is more like uh yes it's mental illness i i feel like it gives an- another like side purpose of that ending thing is that it gives validity to what he's going through even if it is a delusion yeah. like like being like okay it's real it's real to him it's subjectively right. what was happening even if it was a delusion like it it make it, it gives you the feeling of being like ah he was right <laughs> <laughs> which i feel like isn't i don't like that uh but i'm sure that it drives the wrong discussion and it helps but yeah um and, and not that there's but, an incorrect discussion but i think it takes away from what the rest of the movie is which is kind of sad in a way i guess yeah but yeah, i agree i think yeah the ending is where i can be like okay yeah it's my it's definitely my least favorite aspect of the movie is the very last scene um yeah i, I but, think i think like kind of building on that let's get away from the ending so now we've talked yeah. about the general structure of the movie and yeah. the very ending let's talk about a little bit in between because there are some yeah. there's some interesting things in this movie and some things that i Dude, actually there's a lot. i did really like yeah, me too. Let's talk about that. Uh, so I, I, I want to. There's one thing I want to talk about. One thing that I really loved with this film, the entire way that the shelter is shown, and that it's you, you have this visual representation of just burying it to yourself, right? And every shot of the shelter is just incredible. You have some really just stunning imagery, whether it be the light coming out of the shelter, him going into it. The, the, you can tell that they just got really creative with it whenever they were filming it. Mm-hmm. And just say, I love that. Let's just have lots of fun with this. Yeah, I love that every time for most of the movie, what you see of the shelter is him outside of it, like digging. And he really it makes him look even more like he's having a mental breakdown. Right. Uh, because it's just like him destroy tearing up land like the actions of a madman. <laughs> um, and then when, when there's actual like some sort of a storm, the first time it actually shows in depth the interior of it. You can see like the work that he's put in, and it, it it's it's very haphazard. It, it, it's I like that they waited until then to show the interior because it's and it's like because the context of it goes from he's a crazy guy digging a b- big hole in his backyard yeah. to he, he made this useful shelter <laughs> like uh, <laughs> yeah the, so, but 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 the actual look of the shelter like every shot like the, the what you're seeing on your screen of every shot of the shelter I think every one of them is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Like, there's just some beautiful imagery, and then you have the metaphor of, like, if he's going into the shelter, like, he's going down, sort of burrowing, whoa, burrowing into his own madness. Yeah. You know, that you have both this great imagery mixed with just stunning imagery, and it really kind of ties the whole film together, I think, which is, I, I think that's the highest point of the movie for me. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I liked all that. I, I think for me, that one of the, some of like the bi- the biggest strength is like, uh, it's uh, his character kind of um, broke. Like, yeah, felt so, he felt like such a real character because I feel like there are so many me- like the people with like men with that mindset of like, uh, like I love the reoccurring thing where like uh, people keep asking him if he's okay and he's yeah. like, yeah, and, it, and he's clearly not. Like, <laughs> I, it made me. There's actually one part that made me laugh when he's at his uh. He's at his. He's in his kitchen, and he had just had one of the nightmares, and he's covered in sweat. Yeah, <laughs> and, but he's facing the other way. His like, so you, she just like his wife notices that his back is covered in sweat, and uh, she's like, "You're like so sweaty. Are you okay?" And he turns around, and it's the first time you see his face in that scene, and he looks <laughs> miserable, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it well, killed me, but. So, but so there's so many well, men like that, like yeah. the, 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 because that's the whole like you know John Wayne like it's like the attitude of uh, you know it's not okay to like admit you're like to, to admit that something's like, wrong with you. Yeah, to admit that something's wrong, and it just made me really feel that like I can guarantee there are so many uh, like uh, like men with mental undiagnosed mental illness right. illness because they have that there's a stigma built into it. them there's that stigma and there's yeah. that uh preconditioning to suck it up and, and just uh, move on not show your forward. weakness and be the man of the house and provide for your family and mm-hmm. your needs aren't as valid and stuff and i see that a lot and just so many of the subtleties of how this guy acts i feel like i know so many uh, men like this like I it's it's some of the most like real like realistic character design absolutely one thing I had said so in my notes that I took for this movie I took two notes because I got a horrible headache after this movie which is has nothing to do with the movie itself just more or less me staring at a screen for over 10 hours a day can uh, get on your head a lot but one of the two notes that I wrote was a perfectly Ohioan Ohioan because yeah, this movie takes place Ohio. in Ohio, and I've done a little bit of working in Ohio, actually, at, like, like different plants and whatnot specifically. And holy crap, like, the way that it's, per- like, portrayed is very astute. I mean, it's very similar to what that lifestyle is in rural Ohio. That yeah. It, there is a very large sense of realness to the movie that you get from that. Like, from the set design of the houses to the way that the characters act to just everything like it's yeah. perfectly ohioan it's something about that like me, me, like the blue collar yeah blue American. collar like hardworking like american family and this is like it's such it's like even if you took out so many of like the elements of this movie that are uh, like the selling points and like it like the any if you took out the mental illness and the like dream sequences and this like kind of suspense elements of it so if you take uh, out the entire movie yeah if you take out the entire movie and it just it was like a character piece on him it it's a it's very blue collar yeah it's very real life and even like around here i've met a lot of people it's it's a good analysis on that uh, type of person and like it, it helps me empathize it, it breaks my heart honestly because yeah. there, I know that there are so many people like this and, and so many men and like there's so much pressure on to not be vulnerable because it's not the masculine it's not the masculine thing, thing to, to do. do and I'm not the most masculine guy but even like I still feel that pressure sometimes mm-hmm. like even though I'm very I'm pretty I've gotten a lot better at being like vulnerable, and I've, I mean, I've always been fairly. I haven't had that pushed on to me of like the whole suck it up like mindset. I haven't had that pushed on to me by my family, but even I still uh, feel. You feel some the cultural of that. sense of it. Yeah, I feel the cultural pressure for that men don't feel it's okay to uh, acknowledge that side of them mm-hmm. and and uh, get help if they yeah. need it. They like they have to be independent and the heroic person right now and i feel like especially like right now i feel like that mindset i've I'm, I'm, i've been i was thinking about that like the day i saw this movie i was thinking about how with like the coronavirus and stuff going around and 
the heroic thing to do right now is to stay inside and wash your hands. And I yeah. feel like that's not appealing for a lot of people. So they're like, I don't like that's not doesn't. Well, I'm sound not the one like that, that needs to do it because it's not going to affect me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But it's like that. Like that's not appealing to that like mindset of like. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't seem like a heroic thing to do, even though it absolutely is. If you look at a we- any Western film, the theme yeah. of it is like a guy standing up for a community or doing something in the like doing a heroic act for a community. And what that is right now just happens to be washing your hands and staying inside. Mm-hmm. But I get that there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm, I'm mad. My, why isn't Dunkin' Donuts open? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, need my I want my Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but like, I'll go out there. I don't care if I get sick. It's not about you. It's yeah. Not, it's, it's about like, you coughing on an old person and accidentally killing them. That's yeah. the, that's the, the thing. Like, it, it's like, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I don't care. I, I'm yeah. okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's, 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 and you're not. I see this all the time. So it, mm. it definitely rung true for me in that moment. Um, boy, you liked it. You really liked this movie, didn't you? Yeah. I just liked <laughs> it on like different levels. And it seems like you were very touched by it. And I think that's incredible. And also, uh, uh, Jessica Chastain yeah. as the what I her I feel like her character could have been so like two dimensional or like just like it, this movie just subverted my expectations in a couple of places um, where I thought that I like on, I knew where it was going. It was and, very for as stereotypical as it could have been. It really avoided a lot of those stereotypes, which is very. It's very difficult to realize in the moment, but when you start thinking about it and like how you would write characters like these, it's very hard to not fall into those stereotypical traps that you can do when writing a middle-class blue-collar American that is weary of having mental illnesses. Yeah, or even from his perspective, you kind of, if you like watch the first like 30-minute hour of the movie, uh, you're going to, I feel like I, I, the predictable thing to do is like, it, it destroys his marriage in some way. It, mm-hmm. Things go wrong. I thought it was going to be uh, a tragedy, but or like he, he goes crazy made... and has like an axe by the end of it for some reason. Yeah. Like yeah. Or, and like kills his family or yeah. uh, like I thought that, yeah, I thought it was going like a, the shining route or mm-hmm. something. Um, but the complexity of his wife, his wife, Jessica Chastain, character, like, and I feel like she definitely brought a lot. I, I didn't know she was such a good actress. She's incredible. Yeah. She was great. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, Michael of, Shannon is amazing. And speaking of acting, can I just say that, like, maybe every child character in every film from here on out should just be deaf so that they never have to give lines? <laughs> <laughs> like, by having a deaf child, and she's deaf in real life is what I was what I had read. Uh, oh, really? By, yeah. But even by having the character be deaf, you don't have to worry about them giving lines that just sound like they're canned. You just allow the child to be an actor physically there. <laughs> Which I think, like... That's the only part of the story. Only deaf representation. <laughs> yeah, in children. In children. Um, but yeah, and but her character was like accepting and did the like. She was like, oh, just a wonderful wife, which yeah. I feel like it was like great to see, and like, and was empathetic to his mental illness. And when, as just, soon as he opened up to her, finally, her whole mindset yeah. changed to be like, okay, we're canceling, we're canceling vacation. We're going to save money. You've lost your job. She put this plan Let's get together. it together. Let's go forward. And we're going to focus on this first and then focus on all the other stuff second, because this is taking priority right now, because and this I feel is like the most in, important thing in your world. Yes. And that's part of the thing that really got to me. It's like, anytime I see, uh, just like real unconditional acceptance from the, in an unexpected way or to someone that hasn't had acceptance. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll stay up on YouTube watching people like come out to their parents or get adopted or like, <laughs> like ask their, like their foster dad to adopt them and stuff. And I'll just be sobbing. <laughs> like, but, and this is the same like type of place where like, just feel like feeling the weight off of him where she, like doesn't do what he expects mm-hmm. and is entirely accepting. Like you feel that like, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a good turn. Yeah. Uh, I, I think speaking of like the, the movie in its heart and I'm sorry, I cut you off, but no, it's okay. I think a lot of it is also a product of its time because this movie came out in 2011. Right. So yeah. we're talking about two to three years after the start of the economic recession. 
So you see a lot of talks through the movie where it's like, these times are bad. Like the, the, the economy is growing back up. So people don't have a lot of money to spend on just willy-nilly things like a shelter in the back of their yard. Yeah. And even also like when he was in the doctors at one point, there's just a poster on the wall, like talking about uh, H1N1. H1N1. I yeah. noticed that. And I noticed that because I was very like, oh boy, if you guys would knew what happened in about like nine years. Yeah. <laughs> H1N1's nothing. The yeah, this is blue. It's crazy that we got this movie right now, like that we like got it on the list. I felt that what it, it definitely there was like little themes in it that uh It feels very applicable to now. Especially with there's also a big uh like theme of fear and overcoming the fear. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that's definitely applicable to right now as well. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that it really does make this movie is the minimalism of it all. Like there's yeah. nothing that's really blown out of proportion. And the fact that like it's, it, you don't realize that the, that the minimalism is creeping up on you until he's at that lion's club meeting or wherever he's at. And he just mm-hmm. unleashes on this lunch yeah. room full of people like saying, like, the storm's oh, yeah. coming. Yeah. And oh. the, yeah, the restraint for the rest of the movie makes that moment. It hit way like it makes that impact so much bigger uh, because of how much restraint they use for the rest of the movie. And you could just feel it building up in them too. Yeah. I actually have the first part of the, uh, the rant pulled up that he does. There's like, you think I'm crazy? Well, listen up. There's a storm coming. Like nothing you've ever seen. And not one of you is prepared for it. Yeah. And that's like Dude. where Michael Shannon's going full on. Like Michael Shannon crazy. And that's where, like it really I, does sneak I, up on you, where I was just like white knuckled the entire time throughout that. Dude, it, it's it's awesome. It, it's a, it's a really good scene. Uh, um, I was watching it on my laptop, like laying next to my girlfriend with my headphones in, and like I like physically jumped when that happened, and I like felt a look over from her. I was like, "What are you watching?" Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing. Like I said, I've, I mean, I I work with a close with a lot of people with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you want to go I, into like, that at all or like do you feel yeah sure. liberty to I mean, kind of talk a, about that because i think that's a very like because cinema is a way to bring your experiences to fruition you know it's part of yeah what you do when you view a movie so yeah go go into that a little bit i think that's yeah probably I mean, gonna be a good way to wrap up the discussion on this movie yeah uh yeah i mean i i, I work in a psych hospital uh closely with and i i I have like one-on-one interactions with a lot of different patients with uh, many different types of uh, mental illness. And there's definitely quite a few schizophrenics. And this is easily the, uh, I think it's probably the best uh, interpretation I've seen on film, or at least the most, like it's never the focus of a film if it's in it. And if it is like, there's so much, I know a lot of, uh, like a lot of people with DID dissociative identity disorder really don't like split because it portrays them as like, I mean, most people with DID, people with DID are actually less. The movie split you're talking about, right? The movie split. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, I, I was yeah. confused the, at first. Right the film right. split, uh, where he's got a bunch of different personalities and he kills people. Well, that's, but, hold yeah, on. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off for a second. Go ahead. The media and also like movies, tend to use schizophrenia as a plot device to sort of write either plot twists or crazy characters or thrilling movies. And they're often like the villains of the movies when that's often not how it is in real life. It's honestly a very troubling thing. And the people and people surrounding people with those diseases often suffer a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I said, like in split, he's a, they make him into a killer, but people with the idea are less likely to be violent, Mm -hmm. uh, because of the trauma they've had. And like, I just think there, there's also like the thing in this movie where he, I don't think his character would have even considered the mental illness aspect of it if it wasn't genetic. In the same if it way. wasn't genetic, uh, yeah. yeah. His his mother in this movie has schizophrenia, and there's a scene where where he first visits her, and he's asking her about her beginning symptoms, and they're different than his, which is also I think that's that was a good choice in that it's not exactly it's not a cut and it's not a cookie cutter symptoms that you can just like. Like because she said it started with like thinking people were watching her and mm-hmm. uh, hearing like voices and stuff, and his is mostly 
uh, coming through dreams. You also, he doesn't, I don't, I guess there is that ending scene with the therapist, but does he get officially diagnosed? I don't. I don't think so. And if he I think does, it could be left to inter- see it. Right. I, I think well, the I idea guess, is that, and I, that's it, again, it comes back to what I dislike about the movie. The ending, yeah. It's a little up to interpretation that is there actually a storm coming or not? Or is this, what was he actually thinking the entire time? And then you have like 30,000 YouTube videos, like 10 things you missed and take shelter. Although this movie didn't make nearly enough money for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's, it's hard to uh, put in the words because I mean, I'm also, I work with some of these people, but I'm also not a a professional. I'm not Mm -hmm. a psychiatrist. Uh, You're just a passive viewer. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm just a passive viewer, but I do notice, like, just, I, I think a lot of it goes to Michael Shannon and his acting and his portrayal in this. Dude's an uh, incredible actor. Yeah, he's, he, I really hadn't seen him in, like, anything but, like, Knives Out. And, all that, I, Yeah, the, all that I can think of is The Shape of Water, Knives Out, and he's Zod. Like, he's I, just kind of like a bad Zod, guy yeah. most of the time, and in Knives Out, he's sort of contrary to what you expect him to be, but he still kind of is, like, a little kind of like a menacing but, bad guy. Right, but there's just a lot of subtlety in his performance uh, because like there's so much where you can just see the fear like in his eyes, like through the entire movie, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of like uh, the, where he is, like it's just like always present and there. And it really makes you feel for him as a character, which I feel like is what's lacking in a lot of portrayals of schizophrenics, where it's just like they're usually they're painted as the crazy person. Yeah, or it's often like and a thrilling not, way to show someone. Yeah, or a thrilling way to show, uh, show someone, or uh, like there's just it, it, it at least it's often quite true. The ending, yeah. yeah. At least disregarding the ending, it shows it as a very complex. Uh, they're they're people and it helps you empathize with them and it doesn't like i would, I would even say your throat that oh he's crazy like it's you you feel it and you feel his build to that and also his freak out in that uh at that dinner the meeting thing uh i have seen a few uh schizophrenic episodes and it i just think about it a lot at work i think that yeah there's i mean Another way, back to the ending, how it's left open to interpretation. I don't necessarily like it in this, but uh, I've seen it in other media. With one in particular, which I don't necessarily want to say because it's a spoiler for the thing. But Say it in Morse code. Tap on your microphone. Only people that know Morse code will be spoiled. No. Some guy's really mad because he thinks you actually just told them spoilers in Morse code. <laughs> I didn't. I don't. I don't know. I, don't know. I, 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 I tried to learn Morris at one point. The but, other piece uh, of me you saw. <laughs> I cut you off track. Go on. Yeah. Uh. No. It's okay. Um. <laughs> they open up your mind to the idea that. All right. Chances are, it, it, when I working in like a mental hospital, I think about it all the time. That chances are not everyone is wrong and not like calling people like crazy is an easy way to devalidate ideas that threaten your way of life or, Mm. or threaten like, what also makes it easier if you deal with people that have mental problems that by saying that by devaluing that you'd shift blame away from yourself. Yeah. But it like the, I don't like the way this ending did it in that sense but i have seen it done well where it's like how much of what these people are saying have at least some like value and they're just living life subjectively in a different way but not necessarily a dangerous way or a entirely wrong way like objectively they're like some of the some of the uh intuitive like with knowledge that they're getting from this illness yeah uh, like how much of it could possibly uh, how much of it is true yeah and when you you are your your perceptions right so how much is true because that is literally what they are perceiving the world to be yeah 
and just how society tends like a lot of other uh, society not only through other films and other media but just in general tends to try to find a way to label that and just discredit them by calling it a mental illness yeah it wants to discredit it by saying that they're weird and your version of normal is the correct way of thinking yeah and this this film really takes a very close look at somebody suffering from mental illness and helps you empathize with them in a way that a lot of other movies don't and i think that's to its credit and i think I've probably come up a lot more on this movie and I'm a lot higher on this movie now after talking with you about it. I definitely need to watch it again at some point. But when I I was watching it, I was thinking, I was like, boy, Ian's going to love this movie, isn't he? That that initial reaction to it is completely valid. I completely get that too. I think it is partially my experience with mental health and just the certain notes that this movie hit to tug mm. on my specific heartstrings. So I don't yeah. like it's, it's not for everyone and it's not going to impact everyone in the same way it impacted me. But, uh, I, I think this is a very still hard movie it's... to like attribute a rating to because it is so touching in what it is. And so yeah. like, I, like I found myself, I like was like moving on letterbox. Like how many stars do I give this freaking thing? Like I was like, I hit the like button at least, but what do I do? <laughs> that yeah I, I i enjoyed it uh i think it could have definitely been a lot shorter critically looking at it uh but it, it it accomplishes what it sets out to be very well i think there's a couple missteps in places where it can be easily misinterpreted and or interpreted in a way that isn't as touching as the rest of the movie is do you have anything else to say regarding the film or uh yeah, I, I just remembered something specifically I meant to talk about earlier. It's not very good for a closing statement. Uh, uh, there is a piece of dialogue near the beginning with the uh, Michael Shannon's character and his friend, where they're in the truck, and uh, I think his friend his friend's talking about how like him and his wife are looking for someone for a threesome and stuff. And but he just he looks at Michael Shannon's character and he says. You got a good life. I think that's the best compliment a man can give another man. It's just to look at his life and just say that's good. Like you got that man. And it just says something to. And and then, but Michael Shannon's character looks so like hesitant, and he's like, I I forget. There might I, he might say something. I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, but it feel. But it just like hit that note of like, it's just sad to me. Like people yeah. that. I mean, it, there. I mean, obviously, there's validity in whatever your life is, but I do feel like there's a lot of pressure put on like people, like especially with like the American Dream and that type of person. I really don't know what to call the just living simply. Want to put I a guess. label on it? Yeah, living simply. But there's something to that where they're like, they probably when, when you have all that stuff, you're like, okay, I should be happy now. And when you're not, it you start digging a shell. Don't understand it. If you expect all the like, just like the achievement of providing for your wife and kids to make you happy and it doesn't, then what are you left with? And you're just so unfulfilled and things, but there, I mean, there are some people that genuinely do get their fulfillment from just like from that type of life. And there are some people that do live that way. I'm just saying specifically for his character, you can feel that it doesn't. And I know there are tons of real people that, uh, that, probably have that feeling inside of them of like yeah i got a good life right? yeah I, I you have a much be better happy. life yeah. than you, like, they probably happier. talk themselves into it like yeah like mm-hmm. i have all, i have a good life it's it's a good i'm lucky like but if you're not happy it's you're not and it's okay to like acknowledge that absolutely i think that's probably a very touching way to end the discussion of the film you know you will often envy what people have that you don't and then when you finally do get it you can tend to feel a sense of emptiness. Yeah. I think uh, Jim Carrey says, uh, I wish everyone could achieve their dreams so that they could realize that it's not there. It's not it. That's mm-hmm. not your, you, it won't make you happy. Uh, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a very touching way to end this portion. And I think it's time to head on into our generator portion and figure out what, what we will be watching for our next episode. All right, let's do it. 
All right. I'm excited. So welcome back if you decided to skip out from the spoiler discussion of Take Shelter. And if you stuck with us through that, glad, you, glad you're hanging along to figure out what we will be watching our next episode. So Ian, we have some business to tend to, you and me. Yeah, we do. Another roll of the 212-sided die. So, well, besides... Well, yeah. So our 212-sided die is lacking about three sides. And we need to put some more stuff back into the mix. Oh yeah. So over the past three episodes, we've watched two wins, which would be from the top 250 of Letterboxd, and we've watched one watch list, which were from each of our own watch lists. Do you have anything that you would like to replace those with? Um. So one from the wall. So we have one watch one... list, and we have two from the top 250. Okay. Uh... I'm thinking maybe for the watch list, uh, the Joe Swanberg film Drinking Buddies. Drinking Buddies. Okay. Can I tell you the ideas that I had brought up for the watch list? Because, uh, spoiler yeah. alert for those of you guys listening, we have talked about this off air and told each other to look for some <laughs> some movies to put up some to put back here. But yeah, but I have I no had, idea what you. What yeah, you, we didn't tell each other. So I looked up. Are. So here are my two or three ideas rather. So my first one is. We've both seen this film, but Star Wars The Last Jedi. I think we okay. could have a very good conversation about that, and it would also act as just a general Star Wars discussion. Another one okay. is The Death of Stalin, which is a black comedy that came out around 2018, I think. And I've never yeah. seen it, but I've heard good things about it. I've heard of it. And Heather's uh, a cult movie from, I believe, oh, yeah. the 1980s, which I've never seen. I haven't either, but... Definitely haven't heard a lot about it. Um, okay. Well, how do we decide this? <laughs> so I guess I, I guess we can talk it through. I, I've never seen Drinking Buddies. I know you have. Um, I don't know how excited I would be to watch and talk about that if it came up. Personally. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Do you have any? I, I, the, my, I was just thinking it's – I don't know if we have any other movies that are uh, mumble – what's it called? Mumblecore. Uh, yeah, mumblecore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we do actually. Yeah. So it's like it's in that like, and for those of you who don't know, basically, it's there's a rough outline for where the story is meant to go, and each scene the actors know kind of where to lead it, but it's an entire it's an entirely improv dialogue. Yeah. It's structured uh, improv no, essentially. There's yeah, it's structured improv. There's no like real script. It's just. They, they like the director knows where the story is going to go. I mean, that's like not the be show for all mumblecore. Yeah. yeah, but that's the general <laughs> point of it. Do you, do you have uh, any that, sort of um, so I oh, well, I cut you off, but would you be excited if Drinking Buddies came up or I mean, harshly not excited because that's really the two in betweens of this list, isn't it? <laughs> excited or just terrified of what you, have I would be excited, but I do admit we could probably talk more about last Jedi. I agree with that too. I think when I'm kind of looking at it, I'm between the last Jedi and Heather's, but I think the last Jedi would be fun because we are both pretty big star Wars fans and we can have a good yeah, star Wars discussion, have a hot opinion about that movie. Yeah. And spoiler alert, <laughs> we do not agree on the last Jedi. So I think that could be a very fun show and it would be very fun to revisit that movie. Yeah. So do you want to put The Last Jedi on? That's fine. That sounds okay. good. And then do you have any for the top 250s, other, otherwise known as wins? Uh, There's a movie that you've recommended mm-hmm. um, that I like have never seen. And I think I looked. It's on the 250 list, but we don't have it included in ours. It's uh, In the Mood for Love. Yes. You've been, you've been wanting movie. me to watch it for like a billion years. But yeah, I, I think it's a very it. touching film. I, I think that's an automatic onto the 250. I I think I believe I meant to put it on there when I was crafting it, but I just didn't for some reason. Yeah. And maybe it was for this moment because I was like, oh, I've put some on there eventually, <laughs> so i got to leave some spots. So there we go. Yeah. Um. So I have three others here, and you can choose because since I just automatically passed In the Mood for Love, I'll let you pass any one of these. First one we've both seen, that's Old Boy, the Korean film from Park Chan-wook, I believe. I thought about that, too. Yeah. Uh, Very good film. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West from old Western director Sergio Leone. uh, And The Godfather, which I have not watched in a very long time myself. Hmm. So I'm tied between... 
So I've never seen The Godfather. You've never seen The Godfather? Okay. No. I think that's probably just okay, enough to kind of pass it through. Let's do Godfather. <laughs> it's often considered one of the top five films of all time on any list, and I think it'd be fun to revisit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that Sweet. Sounds good. It's so long. We're pass I know that. <laughs> it is long. It's going to be a commitment <laughs> if it comes up. So we'll say The Godfather will take the artist spot. We'll say In the Mood for Love will take the Iron Giant spot because much like the Iron <laughs> Giant, uh, In the Mood for Love is also an animated movie where a character falls in love with a giant animated robot. It's Big Hero 6. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, In the Mood for Love, it will take Iron Giant spot and then the what, what do we oh, the the last Jedi will take take shelter spot. Okay. Okay. So I think now that we've tended to that business, I think we're safe to go ahead and pass through what we want. All of yeah. those movies we just passed through will probably not never come up for like the next three years, so <laughs> don't get too excited. Oh, do you have anything you're hoping for? Do you have any predictions? Anything that people can call us hacks for and rigging the whole thing? Um, you know, just what's catching my eye, I'm looking at the list real quick, mm-hmm. um, is... Uh, I've been trying to and fallen asleep during Annihilation mm. about a billion times. Be nice. Uh, <laughs> I'd be I, excited to talk but, about Annihilation. Yeah, so I don't know if I'd be excited just, to watch it again personally, yeah. but I'm excited. I would be excited to talk about it. I, yeah, I've seen maybe like the first half like four times, but uh, <laughs> the book's very. And then good. Uh, Son of the Mask. I really think we're getting garbage. We're due for we're due for, for uh, a garbage movie. Here. I want to see. I want to watch another good movie. That was awesome. <laughs> I really think we're gonna get a, uh, either Ian's choice or a lose, which I know is like half of the list, but still, I think All statistically right. we're due for an Ian's choice. So Ian, I will roll now. Which by rolling, I'm just going to run a random generator. He's flipping give, the 212 sided die. Give me a drum roll, please. <laughs> And today, your number is number 104. Number 104 is not an Ian's choice. It's not. It is not. It is. Wait, what would you say? It's 104? 104. The Seventh Seal. Oh, my God. 1957. Awesome. Yeah, an Ingmar Bergman film. It's a win. It's a win. I'll believe yeah. it. No, it's good. <laughs> it's um, surprisingly not about seals. Uh, okay. I do think okay. so. I do think a note about Ingmar Bergman is worth bringing up before we go into this movie. Uh, Ingmar Bergman is a Swedish director. I've seen two of his films before: one being Persona and the other being The Seventh Seal. Both of which oh, I did on the list. Um, and his films are often very philosophical. There's okay. a lot of there's a lot of imagery sort of akin to what a literary, a literature novel is like, think of like your great Gatsby's, you know, where everything is very much like they do this because it represents yada, 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 you know, it's very akin to that, but it's extremely rich. And, uh, the seven seal specifically, you, you may have even seen it referenced in media before. It's a man starts playing chess with death and he's trying to escape death throughout the movie. Okay, so and more more metaphors. Yeah, more metaphors. It's very Mo- like um, mother. It's sort of a take on Christianity as a whole. Uh, like Bergman. mother. Yeah, like mother. It's absolutely <laughs> nothing like mother. It's mother. It's, it's not. Mother. <laughs> I know very little about Bergman as compared to like the Bergman fans out there, but I, I believe he was brought up religious. So like you often have a lot of religious imagery and sort of critiques within his films. So like this is a very kind of like often considered high art film. So I do think that's worth right. noting before going into it because it's like not going to be Lucretia. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I probably said this on the episode where we realized we were going to have to watch Lucretia, but in a very different context, buckle up. <laughs> yeah, buckle up. I mean, it's not like going to be like a trip or anything, but it's like one of those films to watch and just kind of like you have really to know take in and a little bit analyze. Yeah, be you have to be in the mental headspace for it. It's not like oh, I'll just throw this in as a cute little Saturday afternoon viewing. Although that's probably what I would end up doing realistically. 
Okay, yeah. I'm uh, very I'll excited be... for this. This is a very good movie. All right, I'll I'll be ready going into it. I'm excited yeah. too. Okay, cool. Wow, I, living on borrowed time currently, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of when we gotta watch something garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, Ian's choice, maybe. Yeah, Ian's. Well, uh, can Ian's choice still be garbage? Well, is there? A yeah, Ian's choice that, could like, definitely still be garbage. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, like one of the options is like flip a coin, and if it's tails, you have to choose from one of the anti two fifty. Uh, so like you at least get a choice, but it's like at what cost? Yeah. So, some of them you really right. don't get a choice in it, but it, it it gives you the illusion of having a choice. Okay. Again, uh, I'm you ready. Can, yeah, you, you can look at that on our uh, list that we have made. Yeah, if you go to our Twitter, at WinLoseWatch, you yourself can look at the Ian's Choice. Uh, make sure we're on all podcast platforms now as well, I believe. So give us yeah. a review, subscribe to us. Remember, all if you have something to matter. say about the film that we're watching, you can leave your own review or link your Letterboxd account, and we'll talk about your review on air. Because uh, I think it's best to talk about just the scope of cinema as a whole when seeing how people see it. I think it drives the best discussion. Yeah. So be sure to Since follow us, leave us a review. Anything else? Uh, Anything else you have to yeah, say? Yeah, I was just going to say it, uh, probably best place to leave a review is Apple Podcasts. Um, yes. So, so we're on there now. So win, lose, watch list. Find us on there. Yeah, good review. Do it. Uh, we'll we'll read a review on there. So thank you yeah. for All right. listening. Have a great day, afternoon, morning, wherever you are. Uh, I love you. Goodbye. I love you too. I love you too, Alex. <laughs> Bye. No, I'm telling the listeners I love them, not you. But I also love well, you too. I, I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, goodbye. <laughs>